You're listening to the Midwest Bias Podcast, where we love Subarus, Tater Tot Hot Dish, and I-95 is a bingo ball, you betcha. <laughs> How's that? Does that work out, Kirsten? Sure, sure enough, you betcha. Oh, geez, yeah, absolutely, that works for me. Dr. Kornheiser, thank you very much. This is Kirsten, or KJ, and thanks for pressing play. Right out of the gates, I want to wish Karen Middlestat. Oh, hang on. The name drop, name drop of the week. A happy birthday. Happy birthday, Karen. I hope you are down in the utility room enjoying a very hot sauna all by yourself. Okay, now let's get to the most Midwestern moment of the week. It's the most Midwestern moment. Oh, whenever I please. The most Midwestern moment of the week for me was when I, I had to go to, um, I had an occasion to go to the mall. I don't like going to malls, but I had to go to the mall. There was a store there that I had to go to, so I went there. And it's about an hour and 15 minutes away. I went there, I came home. I got, I had just walked in the door and I got a phone call from another shopper and she had gotten my number and name which is a little scary but she had, what are you going to do she had gotten it from a receipt where i had gotten lunch in the food court area well nowadays they make you give your phone number and your name and they'll text you when your order is ready rather than give you those vibrating things so my name and phone number was on this receipt and i had left my receipt and my reading glasses in the bathroom like on the sink while I was washing my hands and I don't know how I didn't see them but I didn't I left them this fellow shopper calls me and says I found your glasses and a receipt do you want me to put them in lost and found (laughs) I felt that that especially in this day and age with people being so cruel to one another that was a very nice thing to do and it just reminded me of a good Midwesterner. So that's my most Midwestern moment of the week. Now today's episode is what we would call a very special bonus episode or a bonus episode in that we don't have a Midwest guest co-host. We don't have a non-Midwesterner of the week. We do have the taste test so that's fairly regular. We don't have a Rachel reports but we do have a report and I'm just gonna go right into it. Okay so I wanted to bring an old friend of the show back on because we talked about this a few episodes ago. I saw a tweet that he sent out about doing a stand-up comic act and I wanted to find, he he has done it and I wanted to find out how it all went. Welcome back to the program, Christopher Giannini. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I looked it up and your episode was episode 17. Wow. And that was back in July of 2021. So anyone who hasn't listened to that, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to it. Okay, tell me about this. I saw this tweet that said you're going to be in LA and I'm like, Christopher's in Mem- or outside of Memphis, Mississippi somewhere. How did this happen? How did this happen that he's going to LA? Aren't there closer places that he could do this? Um, yes and no. Uh, to get into like a major comedy club or, or any real club, you've got to have been doing it for a long time. You've got to be kind of embedded in the community um, and all that stuff. And 
Uh, I'm just not in that scene. Memphis doesn't have a very big comedy scene anyway, so I would have to go to Nashville. Uh, Little Rock used to, but some of the tornadoes that we've recently had have kind of destroyed their comedy club. But it's one of those things where I've wanted to do it for a long time. I tried writing some stuff uh, several years back, probably 2019, 2020, went to a couple open mics and just uh, wasn't very impressed. Like I would sit on the stuff that I would write for a couple of weeks, go back, reread it and, and hated everything. Mm. Um, realized, okay, this is not funny or something is funny in thought like, oh, that's an interesting thought, huh? but it's not laugh out loud funny. And, and that's right. what you've got to be to be a comic. Um, and I knew I had some pretty funny ideas. I've always kind of been a funny guy, but just, I, I mean, I really, I've just been a cut up. I like being silly and, and, and I don't, I try not to take things too seriously. So I reached out to some friends. I have a couple of friends that live out in Los Angeles. They've been doing stand-up comedy for about uh, almost a year now. Um, so they are baby comics as well. And they were going to start taking a class. And I jumped in with them, took a class with them. And at the end of the class, we had a showcase. And basically, the class just teaches you how to formulate the joke. So if you have a funny story, it could be a funny story, but if you're not saying it in a way that that basically gets a laugh here, a laugh here, a laugh here, you can't tell a three minute story with a big funny laugh at the end of it. Because right. after about 12 to 15 seconds, if you're not making people laugh, uh, it's over. Um, and it gets real lonely on that stage if people aren't laughing pretty quickly. I bet. So it was just one of those things where it, it, it there's no formula really to teach people how to be funny. Um, mm -hmm. But it does help you kind of understand the mechanics of this is what a joke should sound like. And this is what like set up punchline kind of is. And, and it gets you thinking like that. And then I got on Zoom calls with these guys uh, once a week and we would like spend the week writing and then we would get together and they would tell me the stuff they've written and I would tell them the stuff I would written. And they would kind of we kind of basically would help each other out saying, OK, this is funny. Mm, I see where you're trying to go with this, but that's not very good. Um, and we would just kind of help each other save the embarrassment of stepping on stage and saying something that, that wasn't great. You kind of work out some of the, the bad through, through that with people you trust and people, you know, right. really enjoyed that process. I mean, you get close to these guys cause you're talking about things that are very vulnerable to you, mm -hmm. very personal to you. And, uh, and you're trying to make them funny and they understand this is all in the part of trying to be funny. Even if it's not funny, can we find funny in it? Can we make it a joke? If we can't, let's punt it. And there's no hurt feelings. No one gets too sensitive. We all trust each other and know that we're just trying to do the best we can. And then at the end of the class, basically at the end of the thing, uh, we all get together and, uh, there was a comedy club in Los Angeles called the, uh, the ha ha on the North end of Hollywood. And um, yeah, that was the very first time I'd ever stepped on any stage at all. That's awesome. Now I was going to say about the class, it sounds like they also kept you accountable. You kept each other accountable. If you have to write something and then come back in the following week, you can't say, Oh, sorry guys. I didn't write. I didn't get it done. That's, that's exactly right. And I, I think throughout the whole class, several people kind of ran into that. But the, the, the two guys that I wrote with and I got really close to, and there was another lady in there that we, we kind of wrote with us a lot. She is an absolute killer. 
this lady is is basically uh she does a lot of improv and and just an incredible actor and uh and man she was funny and good so she she brought a lot to the table working with us as well okay so i need to go back and watch her showcase and yours too i mean i've already watched yours or at least you know the little the clips, clips of you yeah, yeah. and I, i'll tell you i was sitting on the couch laughing I appreciate that. And the Hall Thank of Famer you. came up from upstairs, or from downstairs, and she was hearing what I was listening to, but she didn't know who it was. And then when I was finished, she's like, who was that? And I told her, and she's like, oh, that was his comedy thing? That's awesome. So she yeah. also thought it was funny. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I worked really hard, and uh, I, I basically figured out that, you know, it's like everything else. There are no shortcuts in life. There's a lot of people that that we talk to and that I've ran into that were like, oh, you can use this and you can use that and you can kind of basically crutches and shortcuts. But the only stuff that I found that worked was doing the writing basically every week. If I didn't bring, if I didn't write 15 to 20 premises a week, even if they were just garbage. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would bring, you know, the best five to seven of those that, that I could try to write some type of actual joke with them using them. And then out of those five to seven that I would bring to group, maybe I would come up with one bit that survived it. And it's just a, you got to sit down, you got to do the writing, you got to put in the time, you got to put in the hours of work. It's like any other job. Um, I, it seems glamorous when you're watching these comedians stand on stage uh, and doing their show, but, but really the, like everything else, all of the work, is is that the getting on stage is the is the easiest part of them all it's all of the grind of sitting down doing the writing making sure that you're showing up for your your group and 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 because like even though the class has ended and the class has been ending um since uh the beginning of march you know i still get together with these guys once a week uh now sometimes now that we're past the showcase if one of them's busy or here or there you know we don't we're not as uh diplomatic as we were as structured mm -hmm. as we were but we still try to 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 make sure that if we're going to miss it's it's for something legit and serious because you know this is something that we would like to do so yeah and again that's going to keep you doing the work like for me writing songs i just i don't have anyone to report to so then i just put it off i put it off i put it off it's real easy if you don't have the accountability to just say yeah eh, maybe i don't need to do that and, uh, and I've struggled with that since the uh, showcase. I kind of sat on my laurels and said, okay, I did this hard thing. And, and I'll tell you, so they videotaped the whole thing for us, which was really nice. And uh, it took a little time to get back. I got it back and, and I had to kind of edit it down mm -hmm. um, to, to, to something that would fit in like a little clip that I could share out, which, which I did. And, and, and that was fine. But after that, I just, I was really worried. When I was standing on stage, I'd never done this before. I've never performed in front of anybody. I was never in a school play or, or sang in like a church choir at, at, at church or anything. I've, I've never performed in front of anybody wow. in any capacity um, other than, I guess, when I was younger and I played football. But, I mean, that's a completely sure. different type of thing, but never actually did a performance. I never actually acted. And that's one thing I learned. There's so much acting involved in doing stand-up. It is a performance. There is not a... I was under the impression that I could write jokes and that I could go out here and say my jokes and I don't have to worry about am I a good actor or not. Uh, no, that that's that's kind of not it. You've got to sell a lot of these things and you've got to have you know have some timing, have some pacing yeah. um, and, and do a little yeah. bit of performance. Of course, I, I'm, I, I was pretty low energy 
doing the things that I wrote. Some of the other folks, uh, uh, you know, I wish you could see some of their stuff. It's theirs to share out. I don't have, have, have their videos. Oh, sure. Um, but, uh, but, but some of these people have, have a lot of high energy are really, really great at what they do. And, and, and it was just, you know, you kind of got to see all the different kinds of, of comedy. And, and that's what was cool about I, not just getting to go to the show, but while I was in LA, we went to a lot of shows and we saw a lot of comedy and just watching other people take this art form and do this craft was just really cool. It's something that I, you know, I enjoy and uh, it was a big part of my childhood. And, uh, and so I just always wanted to try it. Well, that's I, what I was going to ask you. How, how did you set a big part of your childhood? How did you first get interested in, in <laughs> comedy? Uh, okay. So not, uh, the most wholesome thing in the world, but, uh, <laughs> growing up, my mom worked two jobs, to take care of us. And, uh, so I was babysat a lot by some older cousins. I have a couple of guys that, uh, I was the baby of all the boys in my family by about 10 years. And so I had uh, some older cousins that had HBO and when they would watch me, we would stay up and watch the old HBO comedy specials. And, okay. uh, not, not appropriate for a seventh grade boy by any stretch of the imagination, but because I, I was always a bad reader, if I heard something audibly, I mean, it was trapped inside my brain. And we, I, I remember distinctly listening to an Eddie Griffith, uh, Griffin, uh, comedy special, uh, when I was in seventh or eighth grade. And I, I watched it one time with them that Friday night, Saturday night, over the weekend, whatever. The next Monday I come to school, obviously I'm the only kid in, in the entire middle school that has heard any of this stuff. And I'm just starting to regurgitate it as if I'm telling these <laughs> jokes. And I have the entire, like anybody within earshot just laughing. I'm being as vulgar and obscene and saying everything that he's, and I'm acting it out the best way I can that he acted out. And I was the funniest kid in school for, you know, a, a couple of months just would just take the stuff that I would hear and bring it to the lunchroom, bring it to the locker room and, and bring it to the hallways and just cutting up. And I learned then making like, if I can make people laugh, I can make friends and not just make friends, but for the first time ever, I was the cool guy. Like I was the guy that everybody kind of wanted to hang out with because everybody likes to laugh. Mm -hmm. And, and so it was, it was something that just, kind of got inside me that I fell in love with. Um, as I got older, basically I, I, I had a singular passion of football and that, that just kind of took over and dominated my life for almost the rest of my life. And then probably around 2018, 2019, I just, I just started getting the bug for laughing and I kind of hadn't listened to a lot of stand up in a while. Um, I mean, it, you know, obviously been decades, uh, since I was kind of tuned in and I just said, you know what? I think I'm, I think I'm going to just start, you know, just looking up who's, who's the guys going now and just start looking up and watching all these Netflix, you know, stand up specials that were on. And I just burned through them all the time. And I got obsessed. And, and the, the love that I had when I was younger, I was just like, there's no reason I shouldn't at least try this. Um, I think I'm a funny guy. It was always with other people's material, but uh, I, I think, I think I, I understand the mechanics well enough to, to, to do this. Obviously I, I didn't and I needed some help, but even now, you know, ba very, very, very much a baby comic, but it's something that, that I fell in love with and man, it was, it was a, an adrenaline dump. I am an emotional person. 
Uh, the second I got off the stage, uh, one of my best friends from LA, I love this guy to death and, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of forever be grateful to him. I, he went before me. I was so glad that he went before me because when I got off, I just had a massive adrenaline and I just broke down crying. I just grabbed him and squeezed him. Like oh. if I let him go, I was going to die. And, <laughs> and, and I just, and I just cried on his shoulder. And when we were done, I was just like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But like, I didn't know what to do with all of these emotions that were yeah. kind of going through me. Wow. Good for you. That so, it, it sounds like you got, you, you caught the bug when you were seventh grade. Yeah. When I was younger, I, I really learned that, that making people laugh was something I enjoyed yeah. doing. Yep. And good for you for coming back to it. Cause a lot of times we have these ideas or dreams and then real life sets in. And then, like you said, why shouldn't I try this? So that was, that was it. I turned 40 in November of last year and I kind of felt like I had spent, I, let me tell you, I spent my thirties thinking, you know, dreams is a full man's game. Like you don't need dreams. Just wake up, go to work, take care of your family, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and try to be a happy person. But chasing dreams is just not a realistic thing. And then, you know, now, you know, I've got a good family and, 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 you know, work has been fine. And it's just one of those things where this isn't living. Let's, let's do something that you've always wanted to do. And let's just see if it's possible. And that was, that was kind of the, the kick in the butt I gave myself. Yeah, that's really, really cool. So what's next? Do you have any plans? Are you taking another class? What, what comes after this? No, uh, no other classes. Uh, I think I've got some of the tools to do it. The, the, what's next is, um, try, so I've got basically five minutes worth of material. It's really, realistically four and a half minutes worth of material. Uh, the, the next objective is to just keep writing. And mm-hmm. my goal is to just, you know, there are open mics in Memphis. I'm going to try to start hitting those. What's frustrating is there, there are three in Memphis all on Wednesday nights. It's just oh. like, wow. All right. Can we spread so, this out a little bit? Yeah. The, obviously there's no leadership in the community, in the <laughs> yeah. comic community um, and, uh, and, and very little communication, but uh, I'm going to start kind of basically spending the, the next couple of Wednesdays going to, to these seeing, you know, which one of these do I feel more comfortable with? There's a couple that aren't too far away in, in Arkansas um, that I can hit that are sometimes once a month. So just basically, I'm going to be a road warrior, get in my car and go. Um, I have been since last October going to see a lot more stand-up comedy. Um, I drive up to Nashville probably once a month to go to Zany's, which is the biggest comedy club around for us. Um, incredible club. They've always got good people coming in and out. And, uh, and, and so I'll, I'll drive up there usually once a month to try to try to catch a show. My goal now is to, if I can pair a show with a night where they also have like, uh, open mics up there to try to make better use of my three and a half hour drive up there and, and nights spent there with trying to see, can I get on stage? Can I work through some stuff around some people who, you know, I'm probably never going to see again. Right before or after my show so right well you know you got to get your chops right you you can practice in front of the mirror all you want but it's not the same as having a live audience well and the live audience doesn't lie that's the thing is is you can think something and this is something that i that that was hard to understand and learn you can think something is really 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 funny 
If you mm-hmm. get up into, uh, you know, maybe one audience doesn't get it and the next one does. That's when it's frustrating because you don't know. Is it a good joke? Is it a bad joke? Was that a, was that a good audience? Is it a bad audience? Whatever. But if you say it in front of five, ten people, ten different groups of people, and, and you're getting laughs, then it, it works. If you're mm-hmm. not, it doesn't, and you need to either change it or move on. And, mm-hmm. and that's just one of those things where the only way you're going to learn that is just keep getting on stage, keep getting in front of mics and, and keep doing it. So, um, now it's, it's, I, I you got to write before you can get behind the mic. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pros out there that say they all write, you know, from the stage, but these are yes. people that have been doing it for 20 years, you know? Right. So right. I, I'm not going to pretend to be that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of interviews of comedians over the years, and they do say, a lot of them say they work their material out while they're on stage, Uh but that doesn't mean that they haven't written it. They're just doing what you just described, like, uh, well, this worked last night. Let's see if it works tonight, that kind of thing. That's right. That's right. Or they'll change a word here or there. Uh, You know, we did a dry run, and one, you know, my my opening joke, basically, I actually have a, 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 a totally different line that I ended it with. Um, after the punchline that I ended it with, uh, that was supposed to come after with, but uh, during the last couple of like zoom calls that we did leading up to it, it, it wasn't hitting anymore. And then we did the, the dry run and it just felt like, man, I'm getting such a good laugh on this punch. And then I, I step on it trying to get this other laugh, but the mm-hmm. other laugh mm-hmm. isn't coming anymore. And so literally just at live on stage, tell the first joke that comes out. And, and I just, as soon as I got the big laugh from the big punch, I just moved on to the next one. I just made a call to not, I'm not, I'm not saying that other part, because if I ruin this joke that just hit, then I'm going to hate myself. I'm going to be mad. Um, but if I had, you know, multiple stage times, you know, you're doing two or three sets a week, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's try it some this way, try it some that way, record your sets and see what comes out. Right. Yeah. Now, how was the audience? I heard a lot of laughter in the background. So uh, the audience was great. It was interesting because it, it was a, uh, a bringer show that everybody was basically responsible for bringing 10 people um, okay. minimum. And uh, some people brought a lot more than that, which I was grateful for because zero people were there to see me because it was in L.A. and very long way from home for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was nervous because these people are here to see their friends and family. No one is there to see me. So I'm just, I'm just going to be a guy they're just going to see tonight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, will they like me? Will they not? Uh, I, I was, this is what was weird about the video. The show was uh, March 26th. After the show, I could have told you that I felt like a god on that stage. I felt like I commanded the room. I felt so unbelievably good about how well it went. Afterwards, every day after that, until I got the video last uh, Friday, this past Friday, I was very worried that that was all in my head and that it actually didn't go as well as I thought it did because that just seems like it would be, it would be weird, you know? Um, It'd be a little abnormal for it to have gone that good. And uh, when I got the video, I was actually pleasantly surprised to feel like it wasn't all in my head. It it actually it actually did get real laughs, um, you know, and 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 things like that. And there were things that got laughs that that I wasn't even planning on. You know, they weren't even part of the punchline. It was part of the setup, and Uh it was it was strange pacing yourselves. The one thing I knew 
because I've watched a lot of people go up for the first time ever by just watching a lot of open mics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People go fast. They get nervous and sure. they talk really, really fast. And all I kept telling myself was keep breathing and pace yourself. Keep breathing and pay like wait for the audience. When you get a big laugh, don't step on that laugh because you're ready to get to the next joke. Mm-hmm. Let them enjoy that laugh. Like, you you know, you're not promised all these laughs. This is how I get paid for this. You know, right. you'd put in the work to get other people to laugh at you. Get as much of that laugh as you can get. And uh, and so that's, you know, basically what I just kept telling myself was is keep breathing and pace. Don't don't get too in front of yourself. Don't don't you know, don't step on the laughter. So when I would get laughs in places that I wasn't planning on it, you know, I tried to just enjoy it a little and and then make sure that I. I waited, let them finish, and then then gave them some more. And so that was kind of a a unique thing because you're not going to get that over the Zoom calls and the practices. You're just right. that's right. not going to happen. Yeah, and I imagine two things. I imagine that if you're nervous, which who wouldn't be nervous the first time Absolutely. you did this sort of thing? If you're nervous, the tendency is to talk really fast and get this joke and get over with and get it off the stage so I can right. hug my best friend and cry, right? That's, that's right. the that's the tendency. So to be able to recognize that in the moment and slow down probably tells you that you could, you know, do this. And the other thing that might give you confidence is the fact that it wasn't all in your head when you watch the video again. You're like, oh yeah, it wasn't all in my head. That was the greatest confidence. That was that was that was the biggest part is just knowing that. It was, it was real. It actually happened. I didn't dream it. You know, it didn't, it wasn't this thing that, that I experienced, but I really have no idea how it went until you see it from the other side. And I was so nervous because I'm a big guy. I look like a troll. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very self-conscious about seeing myself on camera. And it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, I don't want to watch this. Like, I I wish I could just listen to it with, and, and, and turn the video off kind of thing. But, uh, but I watched it. It wasn't so bad. And, uh, and, and, you know, it was way better than I thought. And so I just, I was very, very happy and excited. So. Absolutely. You, you didn't, first of all, you don't look like a troll. (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm going to wrap it up here soon, but I did want to ask you your favorite comedian or biggest influence. Was it Eddie Griffin? I thought you were going to say Eddie Murphy. Cause when when you said it's not wholesome, the first thing that popped in my head was Eddie Murphy's raw. Oh no, Eddie, Eddie Griffin with all those guys that used to be on HBO back in the day. Uh, those guys were incredible. No, I will tell you probably my biggest influence. Uh, not so comics. Comics aren't known for 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 having like uh, you know they're normally you know drunk slobs with questionable views on women. Okay, uh-huh. so, so so none of these people are great, but they were unbelievable comics. Uh, Louis C.K. is probably the guy when I was youngest. Um, which is, you know, he was the first white comic that I remember seeing, like, cause I was, I was watching all these HBO specials and it was Eddie Murphy and it was Chris Rock and it was Eddie Griffin. There was Steve Harvey and it was Bernie Mac. Oh God. Steve Harvey and Bernie Mac were probably my two favorites growing up. And, and then I saw this goofy kind of, you know, male pattern baldness, you know, nerdy white guy that, that looks like Woody Allen. And, and I thought, Oh wow, he's really fu- all these other guys are funny and they're cool. This guy is not cool at all, but he's really funny. And I I remember that setting in because other than telling these other black guy jokes at school, I was never seen as cool. Uh-huh. And then I thought, okay, you don't have to be those guys because I can never be them. 
but I can, I can be him, you know? And, uh, and I know exactly what it's like to be, you know, goofball, you know, weird looking white guy. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw, I saw him, um, doing it. And then just, I, I would say in, in modern times right now, uh, there's a, there's a comic and I say he's a young guy, he's my age, maybe a year older than me, maybe you're younger than me. He's a New York comic. His name is Joe list. And it's just like a list of 10 things list. Oh, is how you'd spell it. Joe list is probably my favorite comic going right now. He, he puts all his specials out on YouTube. Um, they're free to people to get. He's, he's, you know, not Louis CK level. He's not doing theaters. He's still doing comedy clubs. I, I think his sense now it is raunchy. It is inappropriate. Um, he is a skinny little dork. He wears glasses <laughs> and he talks all the time about like one of his specials a, a few weeks back or a few years, but it was either last year or the year before, you know, he stands up there and he's like, I know that everybody's, you know, looks at me and they think, oh, this guy's going to do like smart humor because he kind of looks like a nerd. He's like, no, it's just going to be poop jokes for the next like hour, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that it's immature and it's dumb. Um, but he's, he's probably my, my favorite right now uh, that I, that I really enjoy just his style of, of comedy. I saw him at, at Zany's and he really kind of took me away. Okay, I have not heard of him before. No, most people him. most people have not, unless you're into the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Most people have not. He 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 was an unknown guy when I found him, um, to me. And then I I man I I drew to him. I just thought he's he's weird. He's awkward. You could tell he's he's uncomfortable. But when he steps on stage, he controlled the stage and he yeah. he controlled the room. Um, it was pretty incredible. His uh his wife opened for him. And she didn't do a great job opening. Uh, Nashville is probably a tough place for for a for a new newer comic, um, especially coming from New York. Especially being a lady, probably not the friendliest down mm-hmm. south mm-hmm. for some of that comedy. And maybe that's a that's a gross misunderstanding of the south, maybe. But it, it wasn't a good set for her. And I was like, oh, I was kind of a little nervous about how the night was going to go. And then when he stepped on stage like before even said any words, like you could just see an energy and the yeah. whole room just changed. I was like, wow, this is cool. This is different. Like this is, he just took a, a, a difficult, uncomfortable situation and just immediately just said, it's okay. I can, I can, I can get the room back. We're all right. Yeah. And I found that very impressive. So, well, okay. At the Ha Ha Club, is that what you said it was called? The Ha Ha Club is, is what it was called. Yeah. So, I want to know how was, did you have a nice green room? Did you have good craft services? These are the things I want to know. (laughs) No. So, so none of those, a, there was no green room. We were just standing off in the corner in the very back uh, to like the side I walked up on. And that was, that's fine. It's a very small club. There was no craft services. Uh, You could get free like water in a glass. And like my, my buddy, his name's Matt, um, who was going on before me asked one of the waitresses for a water and she walked over and she handed him a bottle of water and she's like, I need $6. And he's just like, what? And she's just like, it's $6. And so I just was like, don't worry about it. I got, cause he didn't carry cash on him. And I was like, I got it. Just get out of here. Like we're all nervous. We're all like, he needs right. water because he can't, he can't breathe right now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> And you're jamming him up for six bucks. And like, we're going to be here. Like you can get your six bucks at the end of the night. If you needed to, he could put it on a car, put it on a tab. But, but I just remember like, like, wow, that was, that was really weird. Somebody's like, 
kind of most terrifying situation in, you know, in their life maybe. And yeah. this is, and you're jamming him up for, yeah. for, for a way overpriced bottle of, of water. Oh, I was um, going to say six bucks. That's a lot. No, that's, that's club pricing for you right there right, too. Right. So <laughs> oh, it could be LA pricing. <laughs> yeah, it could be LA. I thought maybe you'd at least get a free drink trip drink ticket out of it or something oh oh no no, no. no. <laughs> like i said a, bo- a bottle of water she was jamming it, and she wouldn't give it to him like i was just like please here just take the money and go just take please. the money and run lady yeah please thank you <laughs> and so. um okay so last question yeah let's say you're you know you're doing your thing and do you have i guess do you have a dream venue or haven't you even thought about that you're just like i just want to get out there Oh, I, I just want to get out there. I, I will tell you that listening to comics, do podcasts and stuff, um, I've heard of what clubs are the best clubs in the country. I, I will tell you right now, if I did have a dream venue, it probably would be uh, the Comedy Mothership in Austin, Texas. Joe Rogan just opened oh, it, uh-huh. and it is a place for comics. He literally, he, whether you're a Joe Rogan fan or not, mm-hmm. he, he opened this place only to cater to comics. And he knows, he, he just believes if you make the comics happy, then the audiences are going to be thrilled. And so he puts so much detail in all of the stuff for the comics. So like there, there would be no $6 water for a comic. I'm, yeah. I'm going to bet the green room for, for those guys, even the open micers and stuff is, is plush and loaded and, and really well done. That's probably the dream they haven't had like a headliner come out and do like 45 minutes or an hour there. Basically they have 10 headliners a night come out there and they all do 10 to 15 minutes a piece. And it's just big, big, big shows, but that's brand new. It's been open probably less than, I don't know, a month or two, you know, and that's kind of a, I don't know if that's something that's going to keep staying as hot as it is, Mm -hmm. but, but watching it on Instagram and Twitter is, pretty pretty cool to see what they're doing out there so had not heard of that either i just want to get on stage yeah. i really I, I i i you know starting out all these open mics in memphis you know they're they're gonna they're gonna be in 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 you know small clubs that are shut down for the night and have nothing else going on mm-hmm. or or you know the back of some restaurant and you're going to be trying to do comedy to to people who are just there to try to eat their dinner and they didn't know you were going to be there right and right. you know sometimes you'll go out to eat and you'll, you know, find, oh, they've got live music. They got a guy out there playing, whatever. And that's not so bad, even if you weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. But if you walked up there and it was, you know, heavy rock, like something loud and aggressive, right. that would be, you know, not not what you want while you're trying to just enjoy your meal. I wonder how much is comedy going to be like, oh, I wasn't really expecting to hear a bunch of guys that are not professionals work work out, you know, some mediocre jokes uh-huh. while, while I'm trying to, you know, have a burger and, 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 and some tater tots. So, well, it might open you up or, you know, give you some experience with hecklers. Maybe they'll get so mad they'll heckle you. Oh, and then there you that, go. That, that terrifies me because yeah, I, am, I'm sure I, have, it does. I have, I have learned right now that, that I am, I am not the quickest of the bunch. Some of those guys that, that I did the class with, those guys are quick, they're fast. You say mm-hmm. something, they can say something right back. I've just never been that guy. Some of that's low self-esteem. Some of that is just, uh, just sheer. Just uh, you might call it people pleasing. Like you know, I don't want, I don't want to get in this scrap. I don't want right, to deal with right. this. Like I just knuckle under. <laughs> so. I imagine some of them have a few lines that they've thought of ahead of time, just 
to have it ready in case somebody does something that might fit for everyone. But I don't know. Maybe I, that's not true. No, you're probably right. It would, especially people who've done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. They yeah. and they they know you know if I've got this lady you know doing this thing you know I'm I've got a Karen joke you know whatever right, like right. like like they they've got stereotypes of of all different people that mm-hmm. could say something, you know, if you got a skinny guy, you're going to make us skinny. like, you're going to, you're going to attack them on a physical feature. Cause you don't know who this person is. Right. You're just, you're, or you're just going to make a dumb joke because you just assume they're of low intellect. If they're screaming out at a, at a, at a comedy club. Right. So, right. And you don't have time to be thinking of those right now. You're just working on getting your act, oh. get your act together, Christopher. That's right. I'm just trying to get five more minutes and it took me, you know, three months to get the first five. And, and I'm still working on that. You know, I've got, I've got things highlighted in the first joke that, you know, that wasn't real strong. I want to change this. I want to change that. I don't know what I want to change it to yet, but I know I want something better than what's there. Right. You know, so. Well, listen, congratulations. I'm happy for you. You got to start somewhere, right? Yes, ma'am. And so do you, do you have a website or anything up yet of yourself or do you, should I just, can I just put the, can I put your link to your video? Sure. On the show just, my, just my Twitter page. I'm going to, yep. I'm going to do everything through Twitters for the most part. Um, you know, I have an Instagram and I have a, a Facebook, but I don't really use them. Um, other than yeah. Facebook, just for family junk. And then whatever I put on Facebook, I think just automatically goes to Instagram because they're connected now, but yeah. I just, I just get on Twitter and I'm going to share this stuff on Twitter, you know? Okay. Well, I'll put it in when we tweet out this podcast, I'll put it in there and then I'll put it in the show notes too. And I'll tag you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and letting me know how all this went. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Thank you for asking. Absolutely. I hope you had a great Central Standard Time. I did. Taste test with the Hall of Famer. (sighs) Yes, it is time for Taste Test with the Hall of Famer. Welcome back, Hall of Famer. Let's do this. We have two more beers. You have chosen them as always what do you have first uh, let's have, just get into it um this one is from wilbird oh from north carolina mm-hmm. at north- aquarium d-r-n-k-e-r exactly on twitter mm-hmm. and from crystal coast brewing company of course yes yes it's the salty wind goes which oh. is just like the other ones but yeah. these are different flavors uh so i don't i don't think i loved that am i right we both well, didn't they're they're okay, but I think we were expecting maybe a little more flavorful fruit. Oh, okay, so we'll see. All right, the, another so, goes. Okay. Yep. So this one is strawberry and pineapple, which I enjoy oh, both of those. Yeah. yeah. And it's four point four percent alcohol by volume. The picture is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, the can it looks like a a sunset, but it's like a green sunset where the sky is a a, a light olivey. Green yeah, would that sky. be a mixture of strawberry and pineapple? Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that would maybe. make a green. Maybe. And then the, well, one that isn't ripe, maybe. And then the the water has this yes bright pink hue. And then yeah. there are geese flying mm-hmm. in the Victory V. Oh, I didn't notice mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Seabirds fly the salty wind. East to south, north to west. Can we go as they go? Wow. There's your poem for the day. Sour ale with strawberries and pineapple. Okay, here we go. Well, we should review the cheesy rating system. Yes, please. But we're not going to do it. We are going to bring in the Tennessee Twins. Our Nashville nieces. One and the same. 
It was cute. They were very excited about that when they were up visiting. Yeah, they had that idea, uh-huh. um, and I, we were like, of course, do it. Yeah, that's an absolute must. Yeah, absolutely. So, take it away, girls. Zero equals ish. One equals criminy. Two equals oofta. Three equals it's interesting. Four equals ah, uh, geez, that's good. And five equals, equals yeah, betcha. All right. Woohoo. Nice job, ladies. Way to go, girls. Thank you, Laurel. Thank you, Sienna. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. All right, here we go. So this first one, the goes, it, it's um, kind of like a blondish golden color mm-hmm. i don't smell much for fruit maybe a hint of strawberry okay a hint yeah let's go for it this would be like a nice river beer oh it's light it's refreshing Ooh. it's not overpowering for a sure river beer you know mm-hmm. i don't care for kim wilson river beer mm. yeah it's really light there is a little tartness of the sour is there an after factor? No, there isn't an after factor, but you you don't taste much fruit. More so the sour, the tartness. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I don't know if I would order it again. Okay. It's interesting plus. Yeah, I would say so. What do you think I'm going to give it? Mm, okay, I have an idea. Smelling? I got no idea what it smells like. <laughs> okay. Tasting? Yeah, it's light. It's tardy. Ready for a party. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's better than I thought that you giving it a three and a half, yeah. that I would give it like a one. Oh, no. I'm going to take another sip. Okay. Yeah, about a three. Interesting. Oh, I was close. I thought a two and a half. Yeah, a three. Yeah. yeah, not bad, huh? But I think I have to give it a three and a half in order to order it. Okay. I think that's See, what I've I said have, in the yeah, past. Yeah, and I have to give it a four. Oh, I can't. I'm just, yeah. I just, if there weren't any other sours, I probably would. But if there are other sours there, oh. I wouldn't be having it. What is the um, ABV? Did you, did uh, you 4. already 4. say? Yep, okay, 4. and I missed 4. it. Yep. Speaking of other sours, isn't that what you have in your That's hand right. right now? Okay. The last one oh. from Patrick Smith. Oh, okay. Virginia? Yep. This is the finale. No, Maryland. Nope. This one's from Baltimore, Maryland. And oh. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce this. If okay. it's Duclaw, Ducklaw Brewing Company, D-U-C-L-A-W. Well, Duclaw. I'm going to go with Duclaw to take on the dogs. This okay. person, These people are dog people. Yeah, but why do you want to Duclaw them, you know? It's like, oof, that hurts. No, you're thinking D-Claw. Oh, what's Duclaw? Duclaw's the oh, high. The, oh, okay. The high. Oh, then I'm good. <laughs> okay. D-Claw, Duclaw, you know. Yeah. Okay. Just change the letter. Uh-huh. All right. So what is this one? So this one is, so from Duclaw Brewing Company, if that's correct, mm-hmm. it's a sour ale with passion fruit, mango, and pink guava. And it's called Sour Me Passion Fruit Mango. Oh, boy. It's the passion fruit. fruit. So it, passion fruit to me is in the guava, uh-huh. the, the grapefruit 
category and yeah. that has not in fact i think the ghost from the last ghost that we t- tasted was guava Who was it okay and that's why i because oh. so passion fruit same okay. idea we'll see how i like it is it an invert and swirl type no it's of not sour? Okay. but let me let me uh describe it first cool can it's like an orangish mangoish color would mm-hmm. i would say and then it looks like it has like a little sign on that to, that says sour me and there was a picture of i'm assuming a passion fruit um i don't look at those very often and uh mango yeah, and there's definitely a mango mm-hmm. cut like yes showing cut you up. how to properly cut it yes yep exactly mm-hmm. and the description bright and balanced this brew blends together the purest of purees Ooh, purees. Puree. Proving our theory that packing in a flavor punch is always a good idea. We'll see how much of a punch there mm-hmm. is. With our signature stunning blend of fresh mango, pink guava, and passion fruit, your tart-loving taste oh, buds. God. Pink guava and Ooh. passion fruit. Well, I already mentioned all of those you things. You mentioned passion fruit. I don't remember pink guava. Oh, yeah. It was in okay. there. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Your tart-loving taste buds will wonder where this alluring ale has been all your life. Ooh, oh boy, they are really, it. they're setting a bar high here yeah. with that description. What is I the, love the ABV? Uh, 5.5. Okay. So a little, little more. We're using oh, two Storm okay. Cloud Brewery glasses. This one is much lighter oh, in color. Now this one has a lot of head. Sure like does. it's about like half head. That looks like a Budweiser Coors Light. No, Coors that, Light maybe. It's much kind, lighter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a blonde ale. Mm-hmm. Very fizzy. Yeah. I I feel like it's Elka Seltzer. It's oh, it definitely smells fruity. Oh, it does smell like grapefruity kind of, mm. which I enjoy grapefruit, so I'll probably like it. It's like uh, like a carbonated drink. Yeah, it sure seems like it. Like there's still a significant yeah. amount of head on yeah. this thing, but I'm going for it. That is tart. Oh, oh yeah, like it it gets in the buds yeah. like way back there. After like, factor. Woo! After factor or not. Yeah, there's an after factor, but it's good though. Oh. It's like, whoa, what's happening here? So it's here? a zero after factor. Yeah, or I would one. say so. Another sip. Mm-hmm. That is very fizzy. Tart and fizzy. Tart and fizzy. The fizziness is kind of throwing me off, but I really like it. Hmm. It's not as flavorful as I thought it would be, but it's still very good and very tart. Gets you in those buds way back there. And it definitely can taste, that's what the after factor is, is the grapefruit, but I like grapefruit. So for me, it's a good after factor. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm going to give this a four and a half. Oh, you'd order it? Oh, yeah. Hmm. For sure a four, maybe a four plus. Oh, good. Okay. Now, my turn. Oh, yep. I smell grapefruit. (laughs) You barely got that up Uh to your nose. Still a lot of head here. Okay. Yes, there is. Okay. I think I'd give it a four. I don't know if I can go four and a half. I gotta... Now four is... You'd still order it. Oh, gosh, yes. I would. Totally. I would order that over the ghost for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely better than I thought. Mm-hmm. The grapefruit and the guava are subtle. Good. And I don't find it too tarty. Subtly awesome? No, I wouldn't mm-hmm. go that far. Okay. Subtly satisfying, maybe. <laughs> That's good. That works. Second sip. Yeah, I'm in. I'm inclined to call that a four. Nice. Ah, oh, geez, it's good. Oh well, yeah, which is surprising. Yes. I I don't I I never trust the the passion fruit and guava. I just never know what I'm gonna get if I'm gonna mm-hmm. like it or not. Well, I certainly never know what I'm gonna yeah. get. I usually think I know that I'm not gonna like mm. it. Well, you're wrong this time. I was wrong. 
These yeah. were very good. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Will. Yes, thank you. Now, before we go, I wanted to do, I realized that we both have some beers to drink, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day here. Mm-hmm. We got out the Gorgeous. solo stove. We got out the four-wheeler, went down and got some firewood, so we're, we're heading out to make a fire. But before we do that, so I don't want to take a lot of time because I want to do that. Exactly. We have, but, we have a time crunch here. Will, speaking of Will, Will Bird, Ooh. at Aquarium, D-R-N-K-E-R, on Twitter, tweeted this, and I wondered, I thought you would like to fill in, or that you would like to mm. weigh in on this. Okay. So it's um from, it's a tweet from Damien Scott at Mad Scientist FF. Okay. And it's a bunch of pictures, like last week with the fast food restaurants. Yep. Which does not, all caps, not go on your what does not go on your hamburger okay and then will says could lose the bacon mainly because that'll spawn another pan to wash what say you and here are the pictures bacon mayonnaise mm -hmm. mustard ketchup cheese lettuce onions tomatoes pickles um well if the onion is yeah. fried you and i both have this, I w- or grilled yeah you and i both yep. have the same yeah, opinion grilled. about then onions. i would then i would eat them not if they're raw yeah i would not i would actually raw. have all of that on there but not at the same time okay i don't have pickles on my sandwich on my burger too often no unless it's like fast food like culvers or something or like the little mcdonald's burger where they yeah. just throw one little pickle on yep. that little tiny hamburger mm-hmm. but if it's if it's um you know, you go to a restaurant or whatever. Yeah. I don't usually get bacon on there either, but I would. Uh huh. I mainly just do ketchup. I will do mayo sometimes. I rarely do mustard unless it's fast food. I am not going to eat that gross cheese. I'll eat good cheese, well, but just, that's like Kraft Singles. think of it as regular cheese. Oh, then I'll eat it. Yep. I, I uh, tomatoes, think- yes. Lettuce, yes. Oh, yeah. I'll eat pretty much all that stuff. I think, I just think of it as they're trying to tell you it's a cheeseburger. Mm, I see. Yeah, I like a cheeseburger. Okay. Yeah, I would eat all of that. So none of these are N-O-T, capital N-O-T, no, uh, uh-uh. not. No, but if they're raw onions, yes, get them yeah. off there. Well, I would not, except for the little hamburgers from McDonald's, which actually aren't even advertised as hamburgers. They're cheeseburgers That's right. on the menu board. And But I say hamburger because what I would not have on a burger is the cheese but then they always ask you do you want cheese on that it always because yeah. they think what kind of monster doesn't want cheese on <laughs> their burger right. this monster yeah i do not like cheese on my burgers i do not like cheese on sandwiches that are hot crazy i like cheese on cold sandwiches but mm-hmm. not hot i don't know why it just don't i don't either i, I also, don't get it i also do not like tomatoes and so i don't want tomatoes on my burger yeah but everything else is as long Again, I'll stipulate that the onions must be grilled or fried. Yes. I cannot do raw onions. But the rest I would take. I Ketchup and mustard on a burger at the same time are fine with mm-hmm. me, but not mustard and mayo. Although I think I have gotten that. Yeah, you probably I have. I think I'm okay with mustard, mayo, and ketchup all together. Yeah. Come at it's me. It's rare, though, that you do all three well, at once. Well, when we go to Culver's sometimes, I get that. Oh, okay. The California big burger. I'm a big fan of the California burgers. Yeah. They have mayonnaise on them. And yes, that's one of the but reasons not that I'm usually big... mustard. No, no. And I don't ask for it. Okay. So if it's on there, though, you're not going to complain. Yeah. And bacon okay. is always a plus on a burger. Mm-hmm. But the only not here is cheese, tomatoes, 
And pickles. I really don't like pickles on my burger. I mean, I don't, like you said, I don't go for them. Yeah. But I guess the only burger I don't take them off of is the McDonald's one because there's hardly anything on those. That's right. Yeah, that's it. And there was a bunch of discussion on this, and I found something very interesting. John Miller. Oh, hang on. It's the name drop, name drop of the week. John at JKM563 said, we got rid of our conventional grill because they, they were starting to talk about grilling. Oh, okay. We got rid of our conventional grill and replaced it with a Blackstone hot top for outside. I was never into the taste of the meat on the conventional barbecue grill. I believe the hot top is better. Mm. So I looked up this Blackstone hot top. Okay. And I wondered if you'd heard of it because you're the griller. I am the griller. No, I have not. I'm, I'm assuming it's just a big, like, griddle kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's a big griddle. And I've, I've um, heard of people having them. And I wouldn't mind, but I guess I was thinking I wouldn't mind having that if we had a charcoal grill, because I know that charcoals mm-hmm. are not good for you if you eat a lot of food from charcoal grill. Yeah. But ours isn't charcoal. It's no. propane. Mm-hmm. But I looked it up, and they were talking about how it was a lot cheaper earlier, and now it's more expensive. Mm. I think it was something like... 200 bucks for this griddle. Oh, that's not bad. 300 Wait, bucks just maybe? for a griddle though? Yeah. You put what, it do you put it, it on your Blackstone? Black do you put it on your existing grill? It's, or it's like it's its own grill? I think you put it on your existing. Oh, that looks like its own. Oh. 500. Oh wow. Blackstone griddles. Yeah, they're they're their own. Oh. I thought it was just a little pan that you put on the top. Does not oh, look the like cutting it. board is $400. The with 30, cutting board. With cutting board. Okay, so that whole thing. Yes. A 450 and a hard cover and cutting board. This seems like a fad. $800, 36-inch griddle air fryer. Hmm. Yeah. Or um, is it just the new thing? I don't know. Like but, out with the old, in with the new. But I'm not paying that kind of money. Well, I figured. But I was at least going to introduce it to you in case you changed your mind. No. That's a hard pass. Okay. I'm too cheap for that. Okay. Well, we have some beers to drink and we have a fire to start. So thanks again, Will and Patrick. Yes, thank you. And I hope you had a great central time. I most certainly did. All right. That's it. That's the podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwest Bias Pod. On the World Wide Web at Midwest Dash Bias dot castos that's c-a-s-t-o-s dot com you can email us your questions and comments most midwestern moments of the week midwest mediator and anything else at midwestbiaspod at gmail.com you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts and if you're listening to this you obviously found us and lastly i would really love a five-star review wherever you can leave reviews for podcasts So thank you. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. Bye now. It was it was real. It actually happened. I didn't dream it.